الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين صفا اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وذروا ظاهر الاثم وباطنه ان الذين يكسبون الاثم سيجزون بما كانوا يقترفون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يدخل الجنة من كان في قلبه مثقال حبة من خردل من كبر أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسسفكتر الله الكرام رزيزنا اللز وجني استوز آخرت every single one of us is on this journey and when the time comes to move on from one station to the next this is the ajeeb part and the very strange part of this journey that that is something that we have no idea about person traveling somewhere he has an itinerary in front of him this is the time that this flight will depart he will land at a certain place and then he'll take a connecting flight and what time that connecting flight will depart there might be sometimes some delays but he got some idea and he plans accordingly so he knows where he is going and he also knows when is the time that he will have to be ready to take the connecting flight we are on this journey from alam e arwah where allah taala had gathered all the souls after creating the souls allah taala gathered all the souls and addressed the souls as well alastu bi rabbikum am i not your rabb so everybody every soul replied qalu bala indeed you are our rabb so now that that declaration was made insan was now sent finally through the various stages into this station of dunya in this waiting lounge of dunya to now prove himself that what declaration he made in alam e arwah where the souls were gathered and said and acknowledged that allah taala tabarak wa taala is my rabb so now to prove himself that yes this is the reality that he lives up to but then this is not the end of the journey then comes the next stage of the journey that connecting flight to qabr but here the person cannot decide to change the flight or take another train at another time or some other bus or taxi or whatever and neither will this be any announcement made that certain passenger is delaying this flight so he must come quickly ya malakul maut will take him and put him through he will not be given any prior notice there won't be any any choice in the matter that i don't want to go now there won't be any respite that okay fine get certain things sorted out nothing the time has come bas you go and that qabr is also an a stage where it's one of the phases that will still lead on then comes the day of qiyamah and then allah taala take us to our final abode of jannah so this is the journey this this insan is on So this is a very very crucial stage of this journey 
Because this journey, this stage of this journey determines what happens thereafter. A person lived in this station of dunya, this waiting room of dunya, with iman, with amal saliha. Then the akhirat, this is the rewards he will reap, that he will have the pleasure of akhirat. Person lived his life in a carefree way, left this world without iman, then he's in perpetual doom. And Allah forbid that though he had iman, but he didn't leave with amal saliha, he didn't leave with the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, then he could be subjected to a cleansing process before being made worthy of entry into Jannat. Now the things that become a barrier from this direct entry into Jannat, it's obviously that whatever will become a barrier would be something very, very severe. Because it's becoming a barrier towards direct entry into Jannat, which means that the cleansing process of Jahannam then will have to be undertaken. And the cleansing process of Jahannam, Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us, is something that nobody can tolerate or wish to be even tolerating that for even one brief moment. Jahannam is such a place in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah has described it as such. When Nabi says that yu'ta bi an'umi ahli dunya min ahli nar that a person who is destined for Jahannam, but such a person who had the greatest amount of comfort and luxury of dunya, but he is destined for Jahannam. So he will be brought on the day of Qiyamad. He had all the comforts and luxuries of dunya. He never experienced any pain, any hardship. He didn't know what's the name of hunger or any other difficulty and hardship, he was in every kind of comfort and luxury. Such a person will be brought, and on the day of Qiyamah, for yusbahu finnar, he'll just be, just dipped in the fire of Jahannam. Or dipped like a person putting his finger in a cup of water, and he just takes it out. So how many seconds it lasts in there for? Not even one second. Half a second perhaps at what? finger was in the water, this person will be merely dipped in Jahannam for one brief moment. After that dipping in Jahannam, he will be asked that did you ever enjoy any comfort in dunya? This one brief fraction of a second in Jahannam, the effect of it will be such that he would forget everything that happened in dunya, he would take a qasam and say that I never experienced any comfort in dunya. The effect of this will be such that it will delete that memory completely. Because it will be so severe. He will feel like he had a lifetime of pain. This one dot of pain will be like that. So This is the place of Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. Now anything that will become a barrier to Jannat and the direct entry to Jannat. And which may mean that a person has to go through this cleansing process. That's something to be very, very wary about. Very cautious to be very far away from such things and to do everything in one's ability and make every effort to cleanse oneself, save oneself from such situations, such things that take a person in this direction of Jahannam, even for that one brief moment. So there are all the things that are the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala that lead in this direction. Anything that is 
Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. All this is the thing that leads towards Jahannam. And all these things are connected to the fire of Jahannam. That is why the Ahlullah explained that in sin there is restlessness. A person who is involved in some haram, he cannot enjoy peace. A person is indulging in haram, in looking at haram, other haram things, he cannot enjoy peace. Because that sin, it's linked to the fire of Jahannam. That is where it's taking a person, so it's linked already. And Jahannam is a place of total restlessness. Now a person is already connecting his heart in that direction. So the effects already start reaching him. So, he's just now looking for some kind of artificial way of just masking that. But it's just from one thing to the other. There's no peace. Such a person often, person is indulging in all these kind of things. He, can't, he cannot fall asleep. His sleep is gone. Not that this is the only reason why somebody might lose his sleep. Somebody might lose his sleep through grief maybe. Somebody through some worry. But many a person loses his sleep because of indulgence in haram. Because that haram, indulgence in haram takes away the peace of the heart. And a person who is not, his heart is in, not in peace, he can't get sleep. His sleep is gone. So anything that leads towards Jahannam is obviously something very, very major. Something serious. And all the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, this is where it's headed. But some things are even more serious than others. We have been warned against certain things more than other things. Among the things we have been warned about is in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah Sallallahu says, La yadkhulul jannah. Now this is what every mu'min is aspiring for. Direct entry into jannah. He doesn't want to go via anywhere. He wants to go directly. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying, La jannah. Such a person cannot enter jannah. Now if he went to the imam, it means he cannot enter directly. Such a person cannot enter jannah. Man kana fi qalbihi mithqalu habbatim min khardalim min kibr. The person who has pride to the extent of a mustard seed in his heart, then that person cannot enter Jannat. Then it will require the cleansing process of Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala protect us. So now there are many, many things Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us from all the disobedience. All these things are linked to Jahannam. But this is such a major thing that even this extent of that pride, this minute extent of that pride, to the extent of a mustard seed, person can't even grip it between his two fingers easily. Such a minute extent of pride, if that is in the heart of a person, Nabi Islam is saying, La yadkhulul jannah. He cannot enter jannah. This is like an atom bomb. This is a major malady of the heart. One great muhaddis, Hazrat Sufyan ibn Uyina, rahimahullah, he explains that aslul ma'asiyati thalathatun. He says the root of all sin and vice, the roots of it are in three things. And these people, these statements of theirs are actually a summary of the knowledge of the Quran and Sunnah. It's not just some imagination. In the vast knowledge Allah Ta'ala bless them, but they are seeing everything in front of them, they are summarizing it. Says so the root of all sin is three things. 
الكبر والحرص والحسد برايد جريد جيلسي a person can keep thinking around these three things and he'll find everything gets linked up somewhere there certain things might seem that this cannot be linked up to one of these three things for example a person got involved in some sin of lust so now where does that fall into these three things which category does that fall into he got involved in allah forbid some sin of lust is that pride what is it or you'll find that that will come somewhere in greed greed for that entertainment greed for some kind of whatever is not permissible for him is greedy for itself somebody will come it get linked up there so any of the sins person will look as much as he wants but he'll be able to trace it it all depends how how far a person can look somebody can only see one meter apart one meter away he'll only see what's there but somebody can see far away he'll see the whole horizon so according to the person's gaze how sharp his sight is so these people with this very sharp sight they've seen the whole thing and they're summarizing it that if these three things are still lurking in the heart of a person this is the root of all other things are already there and top of the list is this pride and after all it was this pride that resulted in shaitan becoming shaitan another very great muhaddis he also states something similar he says that if you see somebody caught up in some sin of lust then you can still and you should still have the hope of toba for him and there's a good likelihood that inshallah he'll make toba sin of lust is of various types not confined to one particular type but there's a door that might open up for him for toba but he says if there's a person involved in a sin of pride there are two types of sin which the mashayikh categorize one is what is termed as bahi bahi refers to all these sins of lust so the lust lust is of the stomach the lust of the private parts the lust of the eyes all these things are in that category so this is one category of sin generally this is regarded as the most severe category it's severe definitely but comparatively speaking it's regarded as the most severe category whereas in reality it is other way around the other category is what is known as jahi the sins of the ego and in that comes this the main aspect of this is pride see when you see somebody caught up in the sin of pride then fear lanat upon him because the first person that got caught up in this pride was iblis and what became the end result aba wastakbar wa kana min al kafirin he became rejected and allah taala made him accursed till qiyamah alayka laanata ila yawmiddin forever so this laanat came due to what to to the sin of pride 
And this pride, the sin of pride, sometimes takes even a dini form. One person came to the Khanqa, Mashawadi Tanwi Rahmatullah, came, he said, please, I've come to learn, to take the name of Allah Ta'ala. So he taught him, gave him, prescribed some azkar, tasbihat for him, etc. So this person is there now, and he's busy making his tasbihat and zikr. Now this is the first time in his life, he started getting into this. So now suddenly, he started feeling something good about himself. Then, in a day or two, suddenly, he now started reprimanding everybody around him. What's your problem? How you just left this line here? And somebody else is reprimanding him, how you performed your salah? And some third person is reprimanding him something else. So, Thani Rahmatullah got to know of this and observed what he's doing. So, he called him, he asked him, that you came here to, for your Islam or you came here to make Islam? You've come here as a patient or as a doctor? So if you come here as a patient, then you remain as a patient. If you come here as a doctor, then express yourself that this is what you've come for. You've come to sort everybody else out. So in any case, this person said, no, I've come as a patient. I've come to make my Islam. So he said, well, for now, then all this tasbihad, dhikr, etc., this is on hold. This is on hold for now. I won't say leave it out. Because to say the name of Allah Ta'ala and dhikr of Allah Ta'ala, leave it out, this is a very though it's being said in a certain context, but even the words should be, you should be choosing the words that are appropriate. So the name of Allah Ta'ala is never left out. But yes, it can be on hold for a certain reason. A person is going to the toilet, the zikr of Allah Ta'ala is on hold now, he can't continue with that in the toilet. So in any case, he told him all this is on hold. Now your task now is that this drains here, people, whatever they mess is here in these drains, this is your job. You clean this every day. Morning, afternoon, evening, this is your job. The Musallis come, they use this place, the Uzu water, etc. All the phlegm, etc. Everything is all lying here all the time. You come and keep cleaning this. This is your wazifa. Now a person who comes from a certain background, he's never done such a thing in his life. He's never maybe swept the floor any time in his life. And now to be sweeping these drains, to cleaning these drains. So any case, but he was sincere, he was genuine, he came for his Islam after all. So he accepted it. So now he is undertaking that task and he's cleaning those drains. After some time, I said, now you start making your zikr again. So now he started making his zikr again. Now that zikr had a different effect on him. Prior to that, this all these maladies were not yet cleaned out. So as a result, he started becoming prouder due to the zikr. Started feeling himself something. So that malady had to first be taken out. That infection had to be removed first. After that infection was removed, now this nourishment started having its effect. Otherwise with that infection, this was not showing its effect. So this is the aspect that sometimes it takes a dini form. A person, mashallah, got the tawfiq of performing his salah regularly. Maybe somebody is making nawafil as well. Allah Ta'ala blesses somebody. He's even making tahajjud also. Somebody started making tilawat of the Quran Sharif regularly. But if this is not channeled correctly, then this itself sometimes starts creating a situation in a person's heart. Where he starts looking down upon others. First he was feeling himself also that I am nobody. Now suddenly I am somebody. 
Look at this fellow, he's not even performing his salah. Yes, the person not performing his salah is involved in a major sin. But the person will never be looked down upon. His action will be condemned. The sin will be resented, but not the sinner. The end result is what will count. And what is the end result? What is our end result? And what is his end result? Neither we know nor does he know. So the issue to take care about is the moment for now. And for now, Hazrat Tanvir Rahmatullah is such a great personality. He says daily, not just once in a while, person of that caliber, and he's saying daily. Daily I remind myself that at this moment in time, I'm the lowest of every believer. I'm the lowest of every believer. And as a possibility, I'm lower than every disbeliever also. That tomorrow, what tomorrow holds, I have no idea. That person today might be without Iman, tomorrow he might get Iman and where he might reach. But he's reminding himself daily that this is a position, that I am nobody. And always, this is the lesson we have been taught, complete humility in the du'as, the masnoon du'as, munajat maqbul dua is also recorded therein. Allahumma ahyini miskina, wa amitni miskina, wa hshurni fi zumratil masakin. Now, meaning miskin is a word that is used in different languages, Urdu, etc. So, it has a certain meaning in these languages. Even in Arabic, there are various meanings. So, one meaning of miskin, which will be translated, Ya Allah, make me live among the masakin. Now, this is something which is a word that is understood. The poor, the destitute, is that what we are asking for? That is why many people, when they hear this dua, and then they hear the translation, they are very afraid to make this dua. The whole day we are asking, Ya Allah, give me barakat in my rizq, and somebody is asking for two shops and three shops. Now suddenly must make dua, Ya Allah, make me poor. This is, this is, maybe this for the others. I don't want to become such a big buzrug. <laughs> Just leave me where I am. But that is not the meaning. Allahumma ahini miskina. Ya Allah, make me live among the masakin, the miskin. Wa amitni miskina. Allah, let me die among these miskins. And wa hshurni fi zumratil masakin. Allah, raise me on the day of qiyamah also in the group of the masakin. Who is this miskin? Mullah Ali Qari, the great muhaddith of his time, he explains this in Mirqat, that this miskin is from maskana. This is from the Arabic word maskana, and maskana he explains, wahiya ghalabatu tawadu'. This is the height of humility. Ala wajhil mubalagha. In other words, the height of humility. Humility is actually humbling oneself. The height of humility means total humility. In other words, Ya Allah, keep me among those who are completely humble. I want to live with such people who are completely humble. Why? Because being among those who are humble, that will rub off onto me also. Ya Allah, I want to die among the humble. And Ya Allah, I want to be raised on the day of Qiyamah among those who are truly humble. Why? Because those who are humble are close to Allah Ta'ala. Kibr and Wilayat, these two things can never join up. Because these are opposites. Wilayat 
and kibur can't join up. Wilayat is something else. Kibur will join up with mardudiyat. Shaitan, shaitan became mardud, a curse, rejected. Why? Because of kibur. So something that became the downfall of shaitan in such a way that he became rejected forever. Where can that have any way, any resemblance with wilayat and becoming the friend of Allah Ta'ala? These two are opposites, complete opposites. They will never join. So in other words, if one is there, the other is gone. So as long as Kibur is there, Wilayat can't come. There might be Ibadat. Ibadat might come. There might be other things. But Wilayat won't come. Wilayat and Kibur can't join up. This is a very, very essential thing. And sometimes, unfortunately, the very essential things get overlooked. And the things which may not be so crucial, that become very much of importance to a person. For example, nafil ibadat, mashallah, is a very great thing. And especially, for example, a person is making nafil hajj and umrah every year. So then, subhanallah, it's a very great ibadat. Somebody is giving nafil sadaqah in the thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands. Alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah. Somebody is doing some other righteous actions. Excellent. Obviously, there is no compromise on the farz, wajib, sunnat, muqaddah. So those things are very good, excellent, and the more the better. So sometimes, that is good, but it is given such great importance, which is in its place. But the aspect of cleansing the heart of pride, it doesn't even come on the agenda. And that shows itself out in so many different ways and forms. In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah gives the signs of kibr. Sometimes this is confused. One Sahabi came to Rasulullah and he inquired that sometimes a person likes to wear good clothing. Maybe he wants his shoe to be good. So is this pride? Now good clothing is also again something that requires clarification. What is the meaning of good clothing? Good clothing is simply something that is clothing that a person feels comfortable in. It might be even looking maybe better, but it is well within the limits of Shariat. And it is not becoming the source of pride or showing off in any way. It's confining, it's conforming to the limits of Shariat and Sunnah. It's not being worn to show off to anybody, not creating any pride in the person then it's fine. So sometimes the person may be wanting to wear such clothing. The Sahabi came and asked Nabi Islam, is this pride? He said, no, this is not pride. Al-kibru batarul haq wa ghamdun nas. There's two elements of pride. One is batarul haq, rejecting the truth. In other words, something is a truth, it's a reality, it's fact. For example, I made a mistake, I did something wrong. As a fact, I did it wrong. I made a mistake, I slipped up, I said something wrong. I shouldn't have said it in that way. I conducted myself in a way that was not right. That's a fact now, it's done. But now if somebody points it out to me, that look, this wasn't right, what you said wasn't right, or what you did wasn't right, how you conducted yourself was incorrect. So that's now not possible to accept. After having realized, yes, I did say this. I did do this. 
Or at the most, maybe I'm not aware that this was wrong. So if I'm not aware, then I should be asking, that really, is it wrong? I wasn't aware. So either I'm aware, if I'm aware it was wrong, then I'm supposed to wholeheartedly accept the correction. Jazakallah, you did me a favor. And if I wasn't aware, and somebody is pointing out that to me, that is not something to take offense to, maybe I'm still not sure that is this person right or I am right. So then, look, I wasn't aware this was wrong, but is it really wrong? I thought it was right. Okay, let's find out. Let's find out from somebody. Who knows? That's it. If that person says no, it's not wrong, fine. No problem. And if he says no, it's wrong, then I need to correct myself. Now, when will that be the approach if there's tawazu? But if there's pride, the immediate reaction will be one's defense. And more than one's defense, they say attack is the best form of defense. So now somebody pointed one to me, who are you to tell me? I saw you doing these five things. We're talking about my one. So when will this be the reaction? Either whether it attacked the best form of defense, or whether it's just defending myself. That no, you, you didn't see right. I know what I did. Meanwhile, I really know what I did. That I know what I did was wrong. But that will be as a result of that pride. I can't accept it. Whereas if a person is conscious of who am I? What am I? Amr ibn Dinar, rahimahullah, somebody was walking in a very proud manner, very arrogantly walking. So he looked at him and he said to him that this is not the way to walk. This type of walk Allah doesn't like. This person got upset on this too. The same pride. He said, you know who I am? Ata'arifuni? You know who I am? Amr ibn Dinar, rahimahullah, replied to him and said, yes, I know you very well. You know me very well, what do you know about me? So he replied to him and said that awwaluka nutfatun mazira wa akhiruka jifatun qazira wa ma baynahuma tahmilul azira This is what I know about you. I know you very well. He says, your inception is a dirty drop of fluid. Your end result is a stinking corpse. And between these two stages, you're all the time carrying feces in you. This is your reality. That person got shocked, but something hit him. He said, yes, you really know me. You really know me. Now this is, if a person sits and ponders over this, that this is my reality, this is who I am, I am I. What basis do I have to become proud over anything, to feel myself as somebody to look down upon anybody else. That is the second part of this. Elements of pride. The second element of pride. One is not accepting the truth. This is a sign. This is the diagnosis comes from here. The person not prepared to accept, not ready to accept, can't accept my mistake, my wrong. And the other is looking down upon the next person. Looking down upon somebody. This is also a very, very serious disease of the heart and very dangerous. Looking down upon somebody else, Allah forbid, can lead to our downfall. So this is the very serious malady of this pride, which Rasulullah in this Hadith Sharif is warning us about. 
من كان في قلبه مثقال حبة من خردل من كبر that person cannot enter jannat who has pride in his heart to the extent of a mustard seed so this pride has to be cleansed we have to make the effort and this is a lifelong effort this is a lifelong effort the person who stands up and makes a claim i am free of pride that's already the indication of what's going on that kind of claim itself speaks for itself nobody can make the claim it's a lifelong effort but when we continue making the effort at some stage and this is the beauty of our deen and the person who sincerely makes an effort to acquire this closeness of allah tabarak wa taala acquire this nisbat and ihsan acquire this cleansing from all the evil qualities that as long as he is continuously making the effort he sometimes slipping he's falling he's faltering but he's not stopping he immediately that realization comes i faltered he is making toba istighfar without any delay sincerely repenting to allah tabaraka wa taala and he is continuing the journey and added to that he is following the process and the process is that like in anything in dunya a person needs somebody to take him along show him the way otherwise he'll get confused he'll take wrong turns thinking this to be the right turn will take wrong turns something that is not riya is just the waswasa of riya he'll regard it as riya and he might just go to another tangent and something is takabbur and he'll be regarding it as no this is something i must do it like this he will be completely confused so he is taking the direction from whoever he has that confidence in and he's making a sincere effort he's making dua then even if the day came and that moment came suddenly when he has to move on to the next station of life malakul maut suddenly appeared but he was constant he was sincere he was trying he didn't stop trying then in that last moment also allah taala will take him to takmil in that last moment also allah taala will take him to that point where everything gets done in that one moment before he leaves dunya provided he continue this journey this is the beauty of this journey person traveling in dunya he's intending to travel to johannesburg and he gets stuck somewhere in halfway on the road and his that's where his journey finishes off he got left halfway he didn't reach the end of the story but in the journey to akhirat this is the fazl of allah taala this is his grace that his banda is trying he hasn't given up and he hasn't lost hope in the mercy of allah taala he is not heedless either he is not becoming bold and saying everything will work out don't do anything neither is he becoming bold against allah taala no he is becoming despondent he is making his effort constantly if he falls he is repenting cleaning himself and is moving on and he is following the correct process that the fazl of allah taala is that allah taala in that one last moment also will make him reach the destination allah tabarak wa taala give us the tawfeeq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin